0: Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Emily. I'm one of the Chatterbug tutors and streamers here for English at Chatterbug. Um, Welcome to the stream. If we haven't met before, I am originally from Canada, so you'll be hearing a Canadian accent today. I grew up on the West Coast also lived in the uk for a while but i don't think i picked up any of the accent (laughs) Um, maybe sometimes a bit of the intonations i don't know you let me know if you hear a bit of that Um, but currently i'm traveling so right now i am streaming to you live from ecuador so i'm in south america at the moment um traveling south um so great to have you here today Come say hi in the chat. Let me know where you're from. Um, Today, we're going to talk about kind of a more advanced topic, a business topic. We're going to talk about leadership styles. So if at any point you're not sure about some vocab, there is going to be some more advanced vocab here. Ask me in the chat. I will do my best to explain what it means. Um, And also, if you have any examples as we're going through this, we're going to be talking about different types of leadership, um, different examples of leaders. uh, And I'd love to hear about examples from your own workplace or even school, maybe your family, you have an example of leadership. Um, It's always great to kind of add some more uh, real life experiences and real life examples. So thank you for being here and let's get started. So leadership styles. I mean, it's a huge area of research um, for business, and there's a lot of different approaches here. There's many different ways to describe different leadership. Um, there's all sorts of different kind of models that have been created over time, and there's no real set formula. Um, you know, it's difficult to put someone in a box and say they are always this type of person or this type of person. Um, What I think we can say is that people probably have natural tendencies, so maybe the more comfortable way that they would act as leaders, and then we might be able to say that there's also certain styles that could work better, depending on what strategy is going on or what is kind of the objective, the end goal. Um, so yeah here when we say leadership styles what do we mean by that it's kind of the methods or characteristics and behaviors of these individuals when they are directing motivating and managing a team so getting people to kind of act on their behalf or act alongside them um, towards goals or changes Um, it's a very broad broad term today we're going to focus mostly kind of in the business sense but um, this can relate to different areas of life. All right. And so a basic definition of leader, yeah, a person who holds a dominant or superior position, but not necessarily um, within their field. um, And they're able to exercise a high degree of control or influence over others. So why do I say not necessarily holding a dominant or superior position? Um, in my, in my view, in my perspective, I think that there can be leaders at different levels of an organization. For example, there might be someone who is, you know, kind of entry level or quite low in a company, but maybe they are a leader when it comes to, um, environmental issues. Maybe they are kind of like the company person who's really pushing forward for people to do better, um, or... What else can I give an example of? Yeah, I think that would probably be the best example. Um, Cool. Let's go to the next one here. So um, now we're going to go through and talk about what are the different types of leadership. So I've looked up, um, as I said, there's many many different kind of um, lists of types of leaders, but here I have decided to go with IMD's list. Um, IMD is a business school out of Switzerland. They have, I think, one of the most international programs. So when they run the MBA program, they will have people from all over. Um, And so what does this mean, transformational leadership? So this means there's an emphasis on change and transformation, of course, in a company. So this could be really good if there was an organization that was looking to make some big changes. Um, An organization that needs to focus on the future. Maybe it's a type of company that's very um, kind of stuck in its ways. Could be, let's say, like a technology company that needs to do some investment to keep up with other companies. Um, They might need someone who would be a transformational leader. Um, So they need someone who's comfortable with change. They're not looking for someone who's keeping the status quo or for keeping things kind of the same. Um, They need to be adaptable and focusing on people. So if you're not going to be able to motivate um, your individual team members to use their strengths and reach their full potential, how can you possibly change this whole company? Um, So that is transformational leadership. inspirational, focused on change. Those are some of the words. Um, As I'm going through these, so there's five of them. I'd love to know if you have an example of someone, either that it could be kind of a famous business person or government um, leader or nonprofit leader, um, or it could be someone in your company and you think, oh yeah, like we had a great uh, manager or leader who was like this and give us some examples. Or maybe it's you, maybe you, when I say this, um, kind of identify with that same example. All right, so I do have a few examples of some. A few of these are, a lot of what I found was quite US-based. I think a lot of the management research um, comes out of the US. So that might be one of the reasons When I was googling I found lots of kind of American examples so sorry for that there are definitely plenty of other examples from around the world but uh, one of these was not American Mandela of course the picture here so here are some transformational leaders Um, they're very unifying motivating hopeful um, authentic and inspiring for Nelson Mandela Oprah charismatic visionary, inspirational, and Steve Jobs, a visionary leader. So these were people who were kind of pushing for change. Um, And yeah, Elon Musk in the chat is someone, is one example too. Yeah, so, and I, as I said, it doesn't mean that this person is only this type of leader, maybe under different circumstances, they switch their style. So the people who are the most effective actually might not just have one way, um, of leading. Of course, they want to still be authentic, be themselves, but maybe they're able to kind of change and switch depending on the situation. OK, so that's transformational leadership, our first, first one on the list. The next one, delegative leadership. Um, this is also known as laissez faire, um, French word meaning you know hands off effectively. And so this is probably the least intrusive form of leadership. In the picture, we see the guy there in the desk, you know, his feet up. So he's not getting too involved, um, not micromanaging or, you know, kind of nitpicking and following along with what his people are doing. But then he's also not maybe he or she is not also um, providing feedback or guidance. So it could work well, this style if the team members are highly competent, um, so very good at their job, and they take responsibility for their work. So if you tell them I need this by this date, they'll go away and you know they'll do it. So this could work well in certain situations. Um, I think where it could be difficult is if there's newcomers coming into the company, coming into the team, and they're maybe used to getting a bit more feedback or a bit more uh, mentoring or support even, uh, then it might not work for them. So could be okay, maybe not in all situations, delegative leadership. And a couple of examples here, uh, Warren Buffett. So he's a very hands-off kind of guy. If he's gonna invest in a company, he wants He doesn't want to interfere. He wants the employees to to take responsibility because he thinks that if he's invested in them or he's hired them, it's kind of for a reason. So hands off. Um, Paul Allen is the co-founder of Microsoft and he decided to actually leave when um, he thought the leadership style was changing and it didn't really fit with uh, what he believed in. So delegative is our second uh, leadership category then we have authoritative. Um, So this is more of like a follow me, um, come along with me approach. Definitely more hands-on than the last one. Um, So this type of leader might say, okay, I'm going to chart a course. I'm going to make a plan and encourage people to kind of come along with them. Um, This relies on really knowing each member of the team and, and what can contribute so this will be the opposite of the previous one um this is going to be someone who needs to be able to know the strengths so they can say hey you i know you can help with this come along you come help with this um and bringing people along on the journey but then they should be careful not to micromanage or to get too deep into the details uh, with individuals because uh, maybe you guys have some experience with this, but I don't think anyone really likes to be micromanaged or to be told, you know, like every little bit of their work what to do. Let me know. Maybe you do. Let me know in the chat how do you feel about being micromanaged? Or do you not know what I mean by that? Let me know. Okay, so let's see here. <laughs> So these types of leaders will tend to be motivating and inspire people, but they are definitely providing overall direction, guidance, feedback, motivation. So they're super involved. Um, But at the end of the day, this is going to help to promote a sense of accomplishment or achievement. Um, But yeah. Might not work well as this individual has a larger um, team size, because as I said, they kind of need to really get to know each member of the team. Uh, to be able to um, manage the team's success. So in a larger company, this person might kind of lose control and be overwhelmed with how much there is to keep up with. Um, Some examples, um, Martin Luther King Jr. in the United States. So mobilized a nation was very kind of direct, bring people along with me. Um, Of course, he had a lot of people maybe who were feeding in to him, so it's not him on his own, but he was able to kind of mobilize an entire movement. And John Kennedy, um, who had a vision for the space program in the U.S., um, and was able to kind of put people in the right places to make that happen. Okay, so that's authoritative. And... Yeah, Princess Nika makes a point. Yeah, there's two extremes. Too much control and then no control. Absolutely. And um, it's not just about, you know, the individuals on your team. I think there's other things that are going to kind of dictate how much control or which leadership style will work. So I did a stream on um, cross-cultural communication. And so culture comes into this really big, too. So, for example... Um, In some countries, they expect the leader to be very much kind of uh, directive and um, telling everyone what to do and being very prescriptive. And then there's other cultures where the leader is actually just part of the team. They don't really see them as hierarchical. So it's not just, um, you know, personal preference or personal characteristics. You also have to consider the culture Um, that you're working in. So if you are working in a multicultural company or a multinational company, it can get a bit tricky sometimes because people are gonna have different preferences or different expectations for how their leaders act. So that's just another layer of complexity um, if you are working in a more um, multicultural environment. Okay. And so Marianne says, I think micromanagement could be fine for new employees. Yeah, so maybe, and maybe you would even tell them that. So let's say you had a new, um, yeah, a new employee and you said, okay, for the first few weeks or so, I want you to report in every few days on this just so we can kind of see how it's going. But I think, yeah, if you were very open with them, um, for me, I think that would work. Uh, if you're just kind of saying like we're going to try it this way for a while if everything's going well then i'll back off or if you are happy to have the support and the extra feedback we can keep going that's one idea okay and hi rafael from la paz in mexico hello um also corporate culture nika makes the point yeah so we have personal personal preferences we have the corporate culture we have the um, the country culture. We also have the industry culture. Sometimes, you know, like a law firm might have kind of uh, different characteristics and expectations to a tech firm, for instance, or a marketing firm. So you have all these different layers of kind of expectations and subcultures or cultures to consider totally. Okay, so let's look at this next one. Transactional leadership. So this one would be the most similar to like a general kind of managerial style where there's rewards and punishments set out. So, you know, the rewards could be um, getting bonuses or maybe getting extra time off. There's some sort of clear bonus structure in place. Um, Punishments, maybe getting... Um, Yeah, again, not getting your bonus or getting pay cuts potentially. And it's very structured. So this transactional leadership works well if it's quite an established type of company where you don't expect much change. But I think nowadays, like so many companies need to adapt and be um, flexible. The world is changing a lot. So if you were in an industry and a company that has quite established routines and procedures um, rather than focusing on transformational change, then this could be a good approach. So maybe certain government offices, I mean, I think governments do need to to change and be adaptable and be a bit more entrepreneurial even, but probably um, many governments are just kind of keeping status quo. So they are, um, yeah, just kind of looking to keep things going rather than innovating a lot. Um, that's my my impression, my <laughs> my thought on kind of um, government roles as opposed to um, so the public sector rather than the private sector. Not everywhere, and I think a lot of public sector companies or public sector organizations are um, starting to have kind of like innovation roles to try to change things or they bring in consultants but overall i think that's where i would think you find um, the very clear uh, structure and following that structure they might you might not also uh, think that you have individuals on board who are really motivated enough to complete the tasks so maybe it's a lot of really boring tasks too and so you do kind of need to keep people on track um let's see here i think one of the challenges in a this sort of managerial style is if employees don't feel really valued because um, it is such a structure that this is what you put in this is what you get so finding ways to show additional gestures of appreciation um that's where things like i guess employee of the month or maybe like a Christmas party or something, maybe come in, showing appreciation above and beyond. Do you guys have any examples of that? Let me know in the chat if you have some examples of, um, yeah, different ways that employees can be recognized or appreciated. And so some transactional leaders. um, Bill Gates, again, very US focused, but this is what I could find online. So apparently he's not actually that adaptive to communication and and employee engagement. He's very kind of matter of fact. Um, He goes and he'll ask his team a challenging question. He won't stop until he's satisfied. Um, So he's a very strong clarity of thought and he knows how he wants things to move forward. um, But more transactional um or howard schultz so he's the one who started starbucks and he was very focused on kind of creating a system a structure um, as he grew starbucks um you know loyalty programs staff training consistency keeping people motivated so very very structured an example from arturo in the call center they used to pay us um for extra work with pizza. (laughs) So would they also pay you for your extra hours or did they just give you pizza if you worked extra? What was that like Arturo? I guess you would also wanna have the extra money. (laughs) Um, All right, and the last one. So this is the fifth one, participative leadership. Um, So these are people who are listening to their employees involving them in the decision-making process, Um, very inclusive leaders, great at communication, able to share power and responsibility so they're not a sort of power-hungry person who's holding on to all the power. Um, They might be more spontaneous, open, and candid with their communication. Um, But one difficulty for this one is that in... um, In a world where more of us are working online, remotely, we're not going into the office, it's difficult to have these spontaneous chats um, and to kind of pick up on how people are feeling. So that's definitely a downside, I think, of remote working or never going to the office, um, is that you lose the chance to have these little spontaneous conversations, um, which help to build trust among the team. so probably this is kind of like a favored style for many of us i think we would all love to work somewhere where people our, our thoughts matter um our leaders communicate with us we know them as human beings too they're not just up in their up in their tower um but it can be challenging with remote work so how, what do you guys think about um how connected you feel maybe to the leaders in your company with remote work what are some things they do do they do regular video chat updates um do they send you messages randomly sometimes on instant messaging or what are ways that leaders have kept in touch when maybe you were remote working during the pandemic um Tricky. Yes. Sometimes there's certain bosses that want something done and you don't really want to do it. Uh, yeah. So sometimes it's a personality clash. I've totally recognized in myself, too, that if I like the person, um, if I have a good relationship with them, I will want to get the work done quickly. I will want to do it well. I kind of want to impress them. And if it's someone that you just have a personality clash with, like maybe you don't, you don't hate them, but you don't really like them that much. Yeah, it's it's hard to feel motivated to do that work for them. So, of course, as you kind of go on in your career, maybe you have people working for you. I think it's important to maybe reflect on that and remember how it felt. So, if there were those leaders that just um were micromanaging you or just not very nice people, they didn't they never kind of checked in with you to see how you're doing. Um I agree with you, Nika, sometimes it can be hard to do good work for people when you don't really like them. Maybe some people are able to just turn that part off and do it anyways. Of course you gotta get the work done, but yeah, motivation can really, really vary. So that's participative leader. And then one of the examples I found for this is PepsiCo's CEO, Indra Nooyi. So she is meant to be highly focused on teamwork and communication. She would like write personalized letters to employees and families. Um, and then there was another example on this one website I looked at, but I didn't include it um, because it was Carlos Gon, uh, who was the CEO of Renault and Nissan. However, maybe you know that um, there's a Netflix series out about him now because there's um, he was put on trial in Japan for potentially stealing lots of money from the company using funds to buy apartments and fancy cars and things like that so i think he's on the run right now he's hiding out in israel so if you haven't (laughs) they included him as a participative leader on this one website i didn't include him here but i thought i would mention um if you have netflix go check out that documentary it's it's interesting i mean it's there's no there's no trial been done so who knows what actually happened um but he did escape from prison in japan and um he escaped onto a plane by hiding in like a suitcase that was meant for musical instruments so they avoided going through the scanner and that's pretty crazy in this day and age you're able to um, escape out of a country like that but he did it so yeah go check out that documentary <laughs> Anyways, participative leaders, back to the topic. Um, There, yeah, this could include anyone who's kind of like a facilitator. So someone who's running maybe a workshop, you know, they need to be taking different ideas. Social workers, they're um, working between lots of different interests, arbitrators, group therapists. These are some other examples of when um, those participative leadership skills would be good. Yeah, and there's also a manga, um, so comic about Carlos Ghosn. Yeah, so uh, they talk about that in the documentary as well. So interesting. All right, so there were the five leadership styles that are according to the IMD business school, so that one in Switzerland. Um, which one do you think that you have? So what's, again, you, maybe you can do all five, depending on the situation, but what do you think is the most natural? for you or what would be your tendency in a group situation if you haven't had a situation to be a manager what do you think would be kind of your favorite style so would you like to doing transformational leadership so you're someone who like is always thinking about the future big ideas what's happening next um, delegative so you would prefer to be hands-off and just hire good people and trust them um authoritative so you want to be kind of really knowing your team and really into the details Uh, transactional so you want to set out a framework and find a way to make sure that everyone's kind of keeping on track um or participative are you looking to kind of be more of like yeah a facilitator and taking different ideas um what would be your style And as I said, I think the world is changing a lot now. I think businesses have to constantly be looking to change and adapt. So probably I think um, a really effective form of leadership is probably the first one transformational for those companies that need to change and adapt. But uh, I think participative, like most people are saying here, I think that's probably the one that most of us would like out of a leader or um, kind of creates probably the nicest culture and environment Um, If you're somewhere that cares about your, your thoughts and your opinions. Um, mm -hmm. Cool. So there's one example Nika gives of a CEO who um, actually does writes the text for his emails as opposed to having someone else do it for him. So he wants to like have a strong connection for communication. Yeah. Cool. All right. So many of you saying participative, which I think is that one that maybe kind of creates a nice culture, but each of them are more useful in different situations. So it depends, as we said before, on the culture of the country, of the company, the industry, the people involved. Um, maybe even, you know, how old the company is. Is it a startup? Is it a really established business? What's going to work well? Um, and people have been talking about this for a long time so here's just one more uh, kind of uh, framework I guess for leadership that was from the 1930s and it sounds very similar to the last one we looked at, it just has three though autocratic um, so that's someone who makes decisions without consulting their team members um, someone who's kind of like very much the leader, this can be demoralizing um, and staff might not feel Uh, cared for or considered democratic so makes final decisions but includes team members and laissez-faire where they that's like in the last one we had um delegative where they just kind of let people do what they want to do because they trust them generally um so that is the scale really from autocratic to laissez-faire Yes, exactly. So laissez-faire, like let it be done. It's, it's, so it's a French French word there, but we do use that. Um, often in English, we kind of steal some phrases or words from other languages. <laughs> so we do use laissez-faire, meaning, yeah, hands off or just let it be done. Perfect. Okay. So now we are going to actually, before we continue, um, we're going to do some vocab next. But I'm curious to know which Which part of the scale? So from autocratic to laissez-faire and democratic in the between, um, which have most of your bosses been? Have they been the kind of people who just make decisions? So um, almost erring on (laughs) dictatorships. Um, Are they democratic, uh, laissez-faire, or maybe a mix? So, you know, maybe depending on the situation, they they will adjust. Um, I'd say actually a lot. I've had quite a few bosses who are pretty laissez-faire. Um, yes, especially sometimes if I've been working for people who are really busy, uh, you kind of have to almost tie, like get them to <laughs> sit down and be like, okay, on Mondays, we're going to do this catch-up. I need some feedback or I need to like see where we're going next. So... I think sometimes, yeah, if you're working for someone who's maybe more senior, they just don't have as much time anyways, so they have to be laissez-faire, because they have a lot of people who are reporting to them. So I would say I've had quite a few that are more laissez-faire, otherwise, um, yeah, it's probably, when I needed help, then they would step in, but um it's a mix. It's definitely a mix. I think. I think I probably. I. I kind of like the laissez-faire, but then I also do like getting, you know, enough feedback. So sometimes you just have to ask from it, from those, from those people. And you guys have a mix as well. Um, Edith asks, "Do you have a boss right now?" So I mean, with Chatterbug, there's not really exactly a boss there's like um there's there's people who manage the streams and so we we maybe speak to them if we have questions and stuff but in terms of the streams I decide the topics I prepare the slides I do all of that so it's not really like a boss um and then I've also been doing some remote work for my old company I was working for in London before Um, before I went traveling, because I've been traveling for about a year now. um, And so I do like a 25% contract with them. So then I have a boss, but it's also very um, laissez-faire, I would say. (laughs) Um, It's more like, uh, yeah, other parts of the team who will just, we will work together on different things, or they'll ask me for help when they need some uh, analysis or something like that. So Not so much, but sort of. (laughs) Um, Cool. All right, let's go through now. We're gonna do some vocabulary. So let's see how you do. Um, So you should be especially careful at the beginning. So as a leader, you won't hmm your authority as a team leader by being too heavy-handed. So being heavy-handed would mean like being very strict, like laying down the law, telling people how it is. So what should you do? You won't, hmm, your authority. Which word do you think makes most sense? Establish, instill, recognize, or generate. Perfect. And most of you got that one right. So establish, yes. So to establish is to achieve permanent acceptance or recognition of. So it's a bit tricky because yeah, you um, recognize one person answered and it is what you're looking for. You're looking to get recognition but you are establishing your authority. You're establishing, kind of setting the baseline for your authority. Perfect. Let's go to the next one here. And you certainly won't, hmm confidence in your team by being too hands-on. Avoid, recognize, instill or establish. Avoid, recognize, instill or establish. And two of the words here, just to point out, I've used the British spelling. So recognize with an S is British. Um, With a Z would be the American spelling. Um, Instill with One L is British and still with two Ls is American. As I said at the beginning, I am Canadian. And so we actually kind of learn both. It's a bit tricky in Canada. Technically, I think our English is meant to be more British in spelling. So for example, we'll spell color with O-U-R. But uh, in reality, we're right beside the United States. Uh, We get a lot of their media things like that so in school we kind of learned that we can do either one um (laughs) and so since I also lived in the UK for eight years sometimes I forget um sometimes I forget which one I'm like was that the Canadian or what do we do in Canada or what do we do in the UK um yeah so since I've spent eight years there a lot of my adult life sometimes I forget which one's which or I pronounce things maybe the British way, and then my Canadian friends will be like, "Why did you say it like that?" And da 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 da, da. that happens. <laughs> um, okay, and good question here. What is instill? So instill is the answer here. And so to instill is to gradually but firmly establish an idea or an attitude in someone's mind. So you're trying to put something in someone's mind. Um, In this case, the idea or the attitude is that they have confidence in you. So you want to instill confidence, kind of put that feeling of confidence in other people. Here, I'll put the uh, definition in the chat here too. Cool, let's go to the next one. So at all costs, you should, hmm? the temptation or the desire to micromanage which one do you think it is there let's see <laughs> at all costs, influence, avoid, reinforce, or instill the temptation to micromanage, the desire to micromanage. Most of you got that right, yeah, so avoid, so don't do it. Avoid the temptation, avoid the desire to micromanage or to get too far into the details. Okay, next one. Your team um, needs to know that you can do the job. So it's important to establish your hmm right from the start. So that's one of the words we kind of learned before, establish to set the baseline. So you need to do this right from the start. What do you think it is? You need to establish your influence. You need to establish your sense of cohesion, establish your credibility or establish your culture of trust. What do you think? Perfect, and all of you guys are getting this right so far. So credibility is the answer, yes. So credibility, if someone's credible, they have the quality of being trusted and believed in, um, they're convincing or believable, perfect. And so someone in here has just answered culture of trust. And so that is kind of an, I, it's a similar concept to being credible um, and being trustworthy can be similar. So it's close. Okay, you're unlikely to exert any hmm over people if they don't believe in you. So exert is to kind of um, put something on people um, or to, yeah, some kind of like control. So you're unlikely to exert any hmm over people if they don't believe in you. Influence, authority, confidence, sense of cohesion. A couple people here answering authority. I think that could almost fit here. But um, authority is more of like, do you have it or not? It's more like a yes or no. Um, So if you have authority, then you might be able to exert power on people. Um, Whereas here, I'm kind of looking for influence is the word. So exerting is like something that you can actually um, change or control. Authority, either you have authority or you don't. Whether it works or not and people respect it, that's a different thing. But here I'm looking for exerting any influence. Um, Rather than exert authority, I would say power would be the the word. Because authority, either you have authority or you don't. Perfect. Okay, let's keep going. Which one is correct here? You need your team to together work, you need your team to working together, or you need your team to work together which of those is the correct English sentence? Perfect, most of you got that right too. So you need your team to work together. That is the correct sentence. Okay, a few more of these, and then we will end off by discussing how can you figure out which style is yours. Um, So people need to know where they stand. It's important to hmm, your expectations and your feedback. It's important to generate your expectations and your feedback, it's important to instill your expectations and your feedback, to establish your expectations and your feedback, which one sounds right here? I think this is, this is definitely a really important one for um, having success in any type of job. If you are the employee, um, I think asking about this a lot um, and checking where you stand is important. If you don't have feedback, maybe you wait until the very end of the year That's not going to help anyone. So I think asking for this regularly um, is important. Yes, most of you have that right. So be consistent in. So um, and this means as the leader, you shouldn't be like, oh, this is my expectation today. This is my expectation tomorrow. I want this now. I want this. Um, And feedback kind of all over the place it makes it difficult for people to follow along and make changes. So be consistent um, in your expectations and feedback for others. So this is a character quality, which I think many of us um, would like to have in a leader. This is the quality of being honest, reliable, and fair. What is it? Is it being exemplary, influential, or integrity? What is that character quality? Um, Marianne asked for the previous one. Can you say to be coherent in this case? Um, To to be coherent is more like to be clear. Consistent means to kind of maintain what you're saying. So to be coherent I think you should also be coherent maybe with your feedback so that it makes sense. Um, But here, let's look up a definition. Um, I guess, would I use it in that sense? Well-reasoned and rational. You could could probably say both, yeah. But I, I think consistent would be the word I use more for providing feedback. Consistent feedback, coherent feedback. Both, both work. Um, Okay, integrity. Yeah, so this one is integrity. Honest, reliable, and fair. Integrity is the vocab word. Um, Being very good and suitable to be copied by other people. So maybe you have a team and one person in particular, you say they are, hmm, Um, others should follow them. Let's see here. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to put a little definition for coherent versus um, consistent, and the definition of incoherent actually has the word consistent, so, (laughs) Um, and consistent, there you go. okay exemplary exactly so you'd be talking about an exemplary employee in this case you guys got it just a couple more of these vocabs um the willingness to give a lot of time and energy to something because it is important you would say that this leader or this employee has hmm okay interesting so in french there's one word to say both <laughs> got you what's the word in french is it cohérent or something <laughs> or is it because what is it the other one um okay a few different answers here and so i think um you know you could say that if someone has a sense of achievement. Of Maybe they're looking to achieve something. What motivates someone? What gets them going? But what we're looking for here is the dedication. So that's like the real willingness. They're a very dedicated person. Um, um, so dedication is the one I was looking for here. But in order to have dedication, it must mean that you're a very motivated person too. Okay, last one for vocab. So we heard this word earlier in the stream when talking about one leader. um, How could you describe a person who attracts, influences and inspires people by their personal qualities? So something about their characteristics. Um, Good evening to you too, Kayala in Azerbaijan. Thanks for joining us. It's just before noon here where I am. I'm on the coast of Ecuador at the moment. Charismatic, all of you've got that so far. Perfect, charismatic. Okay, so to end off, um, one of the important parts I think of um, being in any company is feedback. So not just for people at the bottom, people at the top, everyone in between. And so if you're not really sure about what your leadership style is, maybe you have, um, maybe you have a team. The easiest way to find out is to ask. Ask for open and honest feedback. Be really open with the results. Don't immediately go and try to fight <laughs> um, or get angry if it's not exactly what you want to hear. Um, and maybe you need to adapt your style a bit. So maybe you are someone who suddenly has team members who are from different countries or different cultures and you need to kind of figure out what will work to motivate them, to get inspire them, to kind of bring them along on your mission and your vision um to whatever you're trying to achieve at your organization um so feedback um, and then when you reflect on this feedback you've got i think um, be clear about your goals so there's lots of different styles so just have an, a kind of clear vision um, for what you're trying to do what kind of team are you trying to lead um, maybe experiment. So maybe try some different styles in kind of low risk situations, maybe just a team meeting um, or with an individual. Try some different methods and see what works. But ultimately you want to be authentic. So I think people can kind of tell if uh, it's not very natural or you're being kind of awkward. <laughs> um, so definitely still be yourself and let your personality show through. Um, That's it. Yeah. So today we learned about all these different leadership styles. I focused on the framework from the IMD business school out of Switzerland, but there are many frameworks out there. If you're interested in kind of looking into more about maybe what your leadership style or preferences are, I did another stream on the Myers-Briggs type indicator, MBTI. It's one of those quizzes that you do and it kind of shows what you're, your style could be. Um, But remember, we're all complex individuals. We can't just be put into a box and said, like, that's your style all the time. It's going to change depending on the situation. So um, that's it for today. Hope you learned some new vocab. um, And I look forward to seeing you again on another stream. So enjoy the rest of your day or evening wherever you are. Bye.